This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Meghan Markle. Bully? Is that what she's really like? She says she's the victim of a smear campaign. Then, Wendy Williams' blowback after she refuses to take the COVID vaccine. No, I don't trust it. And the 91-year-old man who was given two COVID vaccines by accident on the same day. How do you feel today? I'm angry and I'm upset. Then, March 4th, Red Alert. A new threat to attack the Capitol tomorrow. The date that some QAnon crazies have circled on their calendar. Is this D-Day for the QAnon flakes? Plus, after Dr. Oz brings an airline passenger back to life. One, two, three, four. What you need to know to safely perform CPR in a crisis. Then, seniors gone wild. Is the largest retirement community in the nation really party central? What the new documentary reveals. Now, Inside Edition with Deborah Norville. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us. When Prince Harry and Duchess Meghan retired from royal life, they blamed the toxic nature of the British press. But getting out of England hasn't gotten them away from the ugly stories. As Amber Cagliano tells us, a new report accuses Meghan of bullying at least two of her former staff, something her team labels a smear campaign. Did Meghan Markle bully her staff, even making them cry? The blockbuster accusations come from the prestigious London Times newspaper on the eve of Meghan's controversial interview with Oprah. The Times claims when Meghan was a working member of the royal family, her harsh words drove two personal assistants from the household. Formal complaints were made about her behavior and it went right to Buckingham Palace. A spokesman for Meghan is lashing out today, saying she's saddened by this latest attack on her character, particularly as someone who has been the target of bullying herself. Let's just call this what it is, a calculated smear campaign based on misleading and harmful misinformation. The complaint about Meghan was reportedly officially filed by Jason Knopf, who is Meghan and Harry's former communications director. His email to the palace was quoted as saying, I am very concerned that the Duchess was able to bully two personal assistants out of the household. This is serious stuff. Uh, and it was apparently sort of shoved under the carpet. And the, the victims of the alleged bullying uh, were made to sign non-disclosure agreements. It just feels like 
this is very carefully timed and like that there's a reason and they're trying to create an opposition to what maybe they're going to say in the interview. Late today, Buckingham Palace announced it had launched a full investigation. We are clearly very concerned about allegations in the Times. Accordingly, our HR team will look into the circumstances. The royal household does not and will not tolerate bullying or harassment in the workplace. One thing we know for certain, the eyes of the world will be on that interview. Can't wait till Sunday. You and many others. It was announced today that the interview will air in England on Monday night, the day after it airs in this country. Of the more than half a million Americans who have died from COVID-19, nearly 15% of them have been African-American. But suspicion of vaccines remains high among some in the black community, and Wendy Williams is one of them. She is publicly saying she will not get the shot. To the consternation of medical professionals, here's Les Trent. Wendy Williams says there's no way she's getting vaccinated. No, I don't trust it. There, I said it. I don't trust it. Dr. Oz tries to persuade her during an appearance on his show, even showing video of his own vaccination. But the talk show host is adamant. I've never gotten the flu shot either, though, and you and I have talked about that. And several of the doctors on my team talked to me about, Wendy, we'll get the flu shot. I've never had the flu. I'm not getting a flu shot. Dr. Oz, who's making headlines today for resuscitating a man who had a heart attack at Newark Airport, tells Inside Edition he's concerned that Wendy's reluctance may influence millions of her fans not to get vaccinated. I was stunned and flabbergasted when she told me that she wasn't going to get vaccinated. She's thinking about it, uh, but she's a very firm, opinionated woman, as you know. And I think she speaks for a lot of uh, of women in the black community. One commentator called her remarks incredibly ignorant and destructive. Well, Wendy won't get one vaccine shot. This 91-year-old man is in the hospital after he was vaccinated twice on the same day. Victor, how do you how do you feel today? Terrible. Terrible? Yeah, I'm sure. It was a case of mistaken identity. Victor Smith was given one shot at a mass vaccination site near Cincinnati. Then, just four hours later, he was given a second shot at a nursing home where he was staying. The shots are supposed to be spaced out 21 days for Pfizer and 28 days in the case of Moderna. His daughter-in-law told me what happened. There was a fireman that came in and had a shot for Victor, but it was a different Victor. And they didn't check his uh, name band. Victor suffered respiratory distress and was rushed to the hospital. I'm angry and I'm upset. His daughter Dawn says no one seems to know how to treat a massive vaccine overdose. Nobody really can give me an answer and I think that part of that is because the vaccine is so new. And Dolly Parton not only got her second vaccine shot, she posted this video, a rewrite of one of her biggest hits, Jolene. Vaccine, vaccine, because once you're dead, then that's a bit too late. (laughs) Number one woman in America. And while 10% of Americans have gotten the vaccine, the CDC says the number of cases and deaths rose 2% this week over the week before. And that's why news that Mississippi is lifting mandates today and Texas next week is causing concern. Here's Megan Alexander. A storm of reaction today to the governor of Texas's call to end COVID-19 restrictions. It is now time to open Texas 100%. 
public health experts appeared on all the morning shows voicing concern. We're so close to the finish line here in terms of vaccinating high-risk people that I wish Texas, Mississippi, other states would just hold off another little bit. Inside Edition spoke to infectious disease expert Dr. Anne Ramoyne. It's not the time to completely open the doors take off our masks and get back to life as it used to be. We still have high rates of cases. We still have high rates of deaths and we don't have enough vaccines in arms. A poll by WFAA TV in Dallas shows 70 percent support in Texas for the governor's decision. We spoke to reporter Tom Abrams of KTRK in Houston. The governor is relying on Texans intelligence and their personal responsibility to make sure they're still doing the things they need to do to avoid getting sick or spreading COVID. Grace and Carlos Muniz know all about the dangers of the pandemic. I pronounce you man and wife, you may kiss the bride. They were married in a San Antonio hospital where Carlos was battling the virus. Now recovering at home, he and Grace say they oppose the governor's decision. I completely understand people wanting to get back to normalcy, but it, it is too soon. If you're a student of history, you might know that until 1933, March 4th was the date for presidential inaugurations. And there's concern among some law enforcement that there could be possible violence that day in Washington, D.C. Here's why. The FBI is warning that extremists may be plotting a repeat attack on the Capitol tomorrow, March 4th. The date is linked to a bizarro QAnon conspiracy theory. This date that some QAnon crazies have circled on their calendar as the date where, I don't know, that Donald Trump somehow ascends from the depths, takes over the White House again. Images like these are popping up on social media. Trump and Melania riding triumphantly into our nation's capital on a motorbike. It sounds totally kooky, but the Capitol Police is taking the threat seriously, issuing this bulletin. We have obtained intelligence that shows a possible plot to breach the Capitol by an unidentified militia group. The department has taken immediate steps to enhance our security posture and staffing. 5,000 National Guard troops remain on duty in D.C. because of this and other unspecified threats. The fencing will also remain for now. But there is concern today that they are being served substandard meals. Michigan Guardsmen posted these images of moldy oranges and chicken with metal shavings. We think it might be some sort of like Brillo pad uh, remnants that are actually in the food and this is not acceptable. We, we cannot and uh, uh, should not do this to our troops who are serving our country. And former White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany, now a Fox News contributor, is speaking out for the first time about what it was like in Trump's inner circle during the January 6th riots. It was disbelief, shock, somber, sad horrified by the violence. They do not represent our movement. They are the opposite of our movement. Do you think that the former president, Donald J. Trump, holds responsibility for what happened? No, I don't. I don't. You've no doubt seen that footage of the moment Lady Gaga's dog walker was shot by dog nappers. But what was it like to be there? We're now hearing from a good Samaritan who was one of the first on the scene. He told Jim Murray what the dog walker said as he was fighting for his life. Meet the hero who helped save the life of Lady Gaga's dog walker. 
In this Inside Edition exclusive, Carlos Pantoja says he was watching TV with his boyfriend when two assailants pulled up in front of his home and he saw them shoot dog walker Ryan Fisher. In my head, I was just telling myself, please make it, please make it. Ring camera footage shows Carlos on his cell phone calling 911 and running to the dog walker with one mission in mind, keep him alert until the ambulance arrived. I say, come on, buddy, you got this, you got this, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. You knew that if he fell asleep, that could be dangerous. I mean, he was losing a lot of blood. Carlos says he's certain that Lady Gaga's dog, Asia, who managed to escape the dog nappers, was also instrumental in keeping the dog walker alive. The fact that that dog was on him, it kind of saved him. She was really cradled and cuddled up with him, and she did not want to move. Carlos says the dog walker had only one concern, and that was for Lady Gaga's three French bulldogs. Lady Gaga's team has reached out to thank them. We did hear from Gaga's team, which was nice, just thanking us for putting out the footage and giving us permission to put out the footage. Lady Gaga was spotted leaving her hotel in Rome, looking fashionable. She seems to be in good spirits, knowing her devoted dog walker is going to be okay, and her three French bulldogs are safe at home. I know why Gaga chose him to take care of her dogs, because he literally risked his life to take care of these three beautiful animals. Yesterday, we told you how Dr. Oz saved a man who had a near-fatal heart attack at the airport. He says the incident is a reminder that everyone needs to know how to do CPR correctly. Stephen Fabian went to an expert for information we all need to know. Dr. Oz knew what to do when a fellow passenger at the airport suffered a heart attack, but would you? Shane Woodall is founder of Frontline Health in New York. What's the first thing you're supposed to do? So the first thing you want to do is just take a quick look around, make sure you're going to be safe. You don't want to run into any situation where you might get hurt. And then it's very simple. We want to check for responsiveness. We want to tap and shout. Hey, are you okay? Are you okay? And then we want to call 911 immediately. Next, begin chest compressions. Because of COVID-19, avoid mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation. What we're recommending right now is to provide hands-only CPR. Don't worry about breathing. Don't put your mouth on anyone. Push hard, push fast to the tune of staying alive, 100 to 120 beats per minute, and make sure you go deep, at least two inches deep into the chest. The best way to maintain that consistent beat is to sing the song, Staying Alive, as seen in this episode of The Office. Well, a good trick is to pump to the tune of Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. Do you know that song? Yes, yes, I do. I love that song. <clears throat> First I was afraid, I was petrified. No, it's... Uh, 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 staying alive, okay. yes, staying alive. The show was silly, of course, but Woodall says it's crucial to take CPR seriously. He believes everyone should get certified. Proper technique could be the difference between life and death. So we're going to put the heel of one of our hands right in the center of the person's chest, top to bottom and left to right. We want to make sure we're on the sternum and not down in the abdomen. We don't want to be in the abdomen. We want to be right on the center of the chest. We put one hand on top of the other. We lace our fingers together, we want to straighten our elbows, and we want to push really hard all the way down, 100 to 120 beats per minute. Bump, 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 staying alive. What is the biggest mistake that people make? Not starting CPR is the biggest mistake. People are afraid of hurting this person or doing something to cause harm. And the second thing people do is they don't push hard enough. <laughs> you got to push a lot harder than you, you do. do. It's a lot harder than you think. No such thing as pushing too hard. So pay attention. You too can save a life just like Dr. Oz.
Go to redcross.org to find a CPR course near you. We'll be back right after this. Next, seniors gone wild. Is the largest retirement community in the nation really party central? What the new documentary reveals. And love connection on the 10th floor. How this jigsaw puzzle brought them together during the lockdown. I knew he was definitely flirting. Inside Edition with Deborah Norville will be right back. It's the retirement community in Florida that bills itself as a playground for seniors. It figured prominently during the presidential campaign. But is the villages the idyllic playground it appears? A new documentary takes a look. It's the largest retirement community in the USA. Just north of Orlando, the Villages is home to 130,000 seniors. They enjoy all sorts of activities. It also became a battleground during the presidential election. I have an idea. I will sell Mar-a-Lago and I'll move to the Villages. You know what? Not the worst idea. Now there's a new documentary about the villages, Some Kind of Heaven. It looks like a great place to live, right? But there have been prior allegations of a wild swinger scene loaded with booze and drugs. There is some drama to this story, right? A lot of drama. <laughs> Anne and Reggie Kinser say they left Nashville and moved to the villages to breathe new life into their 47-year marriage. <laughs> Instead, life in the villages became a nightmare. Reggie ended up being arrested for cocaine and marijuana possession. You're probably the rudest person I've ever had in court, I can tell you that. What was that like for you? Horrible. It was, it was embarrassing. I just had never been through that before, and all of that was just awful for me. Lance Oppenheim directed the new documentary. You can't outrun your problems, no matter how many activities, no matter how much, uh, you know, uh, pickleball you'll play, your, your problems will catch up with you. For me, it hasn't been the fantasy land that I thought it would be. Barbara Lacchiato moved to the villages from Boston in search of sunshine and retirement bliss. Instead, she found herself isolated and unhappy after her husband died. You really shouldn't come to the villages if you're single. But many residents really love it. I just think it's heaven on earth. The documentary Some Kind of Heaven is now streaming on demand. Still to come. Love Connection on the 10th floor. How this jigsaw puzzle brought them together during the lockdown. I knew he was definitely flirting. Finally today, the pandemic lockdown has led to love. When Stacy Pavlitsky moved into the 10th floor apartment in this Chicago high rise, her neighbor two doors down noticed how pretty she was. For months, Alex Morton made occasional small talk in the elevator. Then last March, as the country was locking down, they ran into each other in the hallway. I pretended to be upset that she didn't remember my name and she was she said something to the effect of, oh yeah, well then what's my name if 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 you're so mad, I don't remember. And I said, I just call you the cute neighbor girl that lives on my floor. Like a lot of people stuck at home during the pandemic, Stacy had just ordered a giant jigsaw puzzle. 
she came knocking on my door. I did, yeah. Asking if I wanted <laughs> to come over to do the puzzle. Well, wouldn't you know it, now the next door neighbors on the 10th floor have moved in together. Truly a pandemic love story. We wish them the best. That's Inside Edition. Thank you so much for watching. I'm Deborah Norville. We'll see you again next time. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Inside Edition ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.